Thank you. Begin to pray. Holy God, somehow you have made it your business that we have these words and the words of all scripture for our use today. Somehow your heart and mind, which is beyond proving in a lab, has found a reality in this world. And so as we open these words from our scriptures, may you speak to us, may you renew us, may your spirit do his work. We pray in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, in two weeks' time, this congregation crosses a threshold. You will commence a new chapter in the life of this parish. Things won't be quite the same as they have been up till now. Yes, in two weeks, your new minister will be underway and you'll start the next leg of the journey. Each, both the minister and the congregation alike, will anticipate, I'm sure, this moment with a mixture of feelings. Perhaps anxiety, it's a worry, the unknown, isn't it? Perhaps a wondering. There's a spark there, but it's swirling around in not sureness. Perhaps through to excitement, I hope, with some excitement. Because it's this sort of occasion, it's this sort of point along the way, it's one of great significance. So, you'll all know intimately about Sunday the 19th of February. The neighbouring churches will be aware what's going on for you here that day, and the rest of the community in Johnsonville won't know, probably, will they? Unless they probably come up or used to coming up in front of the church and reading your notice board. Very impressed with your notice board. You can read it from the other side of the street, all the detail. And it's a, it's a landmark around here. I've had my granddaughter come to me and said, Pops, I saw your name up on a thing, building. <laughs> I said, oh, I must, must, be, must be preaching in Johnsonville this week. It's a great thing you've got out there. It tells, it tells the message to all. So um, <clears throat> you'll know intimately what's going on, um, but the remainder of the local community, well, unless they're convicted and drawn in by that notice out there, they'll probably head for the beach next, uh, the 19th of February, or they'll go to the supermarket, they'll go to the mall, or to common ground. That's sort of how it is. Yes, but if we stand back and think about it, the church is for them, the community at large. It's to bring light into their lives. It's to flavour society with gospel good news. Struggle we have with that is that your average Kiwi is not tuned into the church its message, or its very life. No, the popularity of institutional religion is probably at an all-time low. While the idea of God gets probably half marks, the church's score hardly registers. 
This makes the job of the church all the more challenging. Gone, well gone, are the days when Christian faith held society together. And on a Sunday, so many from our communities would be found in church. The church now sits on the edge, the rim of our society. But you know, just maybe that's how it was meant to be. Anyway, our role as the church, I suggest, is more a prophetic one than a holding up the dominant culture one. More a prophetic one than a holding up the dominant culture one. As you approach the new era here for Johnsonville Uniting, I offer you something for the future, not in detail, but in concept. In concept. Jesus, according to Gospel writer Matthew, called upon his followers uh, to be salt and light in their community. Now, salt, as we know, not only gives flavour, but it preserves, it keeps good. And light makes life livable, because people can see. Both make for a difference for good. As I said, your calling as a local church is to be that and cause that to make a difference. The hard bit, as already has been said, is that in today's climate there is no apparent public appetite for it. No, people feel they have enough salt, they get it from the current culture of accumulating wealth, pleasurable pursuits, and the exercising of personal rights. Light shines on them from the beach, the mall, the supermarket, and common ground, and it's quite enough. Thank you. My offering to you for your future is this. It is for you to give up trying to win and instead try to heal. My thoughts around this are influenced by one Richard Rohr, who is an American Franciscan priest who has become a renowned Christian thinker and practitioner. Richard Rohr says this, and he said it recently, most of us have been shaped and formed to see Christianity as a contest where there's winners and losers. We prefer, he says, the language of the courtroom, of judgment, of contest, where there are few winners and lots of losers. Instead, the prophetic path, he calls it, the prophetic path is a path toward winning that includes losing. It's two steps forward and one step back. The one back includes the mistakes, the wrongs, the if-onlys, the failures, our sins. It does not deny those things or disbelieve them. With the prophetic, it's point and counterpoint. We need both, says Raw. To put it in biblical parlance, sin is the journey towards salvation. Now, I've talked about the prophetic. When we talk about the prophetic, we might 
resort to uh, an understanding of the prophetic that a lot of us grew up with. It was all about some weird guy yelling in the desert predicting the future. I'm talking about something far more constructive, far more, uh, far different from that. With the prophetic, the task is to hear earnestly and profoundly from the heart of God, to then live out and speak forth a message that critiques and challenges the dominant culture in which we live in light of that message we've heard from God. It's to help people hold up and view what might be satisfying for them from a selfish consumer society to be confronted by something that can truly satisfy them in the fullness of their humanity. That which goes beyond the feel-good factor we've been conditioned to always and only look for, which we now yearn for ourselves. That which will not let their sins take them out, but will take them along, will take them on. In a way, people expect the church to tell them that they sin and it's their sin that keeps them from being outside of God's favour. That may well be true. But for the church, people's sin is what qualifies them to become the church with us. For we who are the church are two steps forward, one step back sort of people too. Our lack of perfection as the church puts us on a journey of salvation, not on a pedestal of goody-goodness. You see, grace prevails, not being winners. Grace. If we're honest, we too struggle against the clutches of our consumer society that reveres the accumulation of stuff to achieve peace and joy. But instead, we can be a prophetic voice sounding out strongly into our communities, being salt and light by attitudes of acceptance and tolerance and unswerving faith in God. Acts of generosity and kindness that convey the love of God. Hospitality that beckons people in, warts and all. An investing of ourselves, not just in this material world, but also in an enduring spiritual one. In a nutshell, our task as the church is to heal, not to win. Then the activities, the programs, the missions that you and Tony together devise may well come out of the sole aim, this goal, this aim of being healers, of doing healing. Richard Rohr says also this. He said, a winning mind is an ego mind. A healing mind is a loving mind. I've been knocking around these parts long enough to say these words. The community of faith here at Johnsonville Uniting is one that has already made its mark amongst people. 
You have opened your doors wide to the local community. You have, um, at the same time, you have taken your God-given compassion and thoughtfulness out into the public space. What I am talking about this morning is already here in your DNA. The model I've been speaking about only takes that and progresses it into a future with greater intentionality through the work of the Holy Spirit. As a congregation, I'm aware, I know that you've been through an unsettled time. But I'm here to remind you today, the day now dawns fresh for you. My prayer for you is that together with Tony, who comes in to join you and to lead you, the ministry of this parish will flourish and that the community at large will know because of you that God is here to love and to heal and to make new. You will indeed be salt and light in a bland society that probably thinks it already has enough. And by your prophetic voice, a little more of the kingdom of God will abound here and everywhere. May God so lead you and bless you in these days to come. We're going to pray. And I want to take the basis of our prayer for that the words, the sentiments from our, psalm, uh, our Isaiah reading. Let us hear the word from the prophet Isaiah again to the people of old. We pray. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. As for the fast, is not this the fast that I choose to loose, loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked, to cover them and to not to hide yourself from your own kin. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go down before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, here I am.